Welcome to Stuck in Misery, the best Midwest sports talk podcast. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by Sam Renchen. We're running without James West this afternoon, recording on the Friday ahead of week two of the NFL. And Sammy, football season well underway. Let's get started with the picks right away. The New York Giants, a five and a half point underdog on the road to my Chicago Bears. Mitch Trubisky's back, baby. Oh boy, he is, right? Right, Bears fans? Right? I can hear you through those screens, baby. I can hear you through those screens. Oh man, I was texting guys last week, you know, and they're just, it seemed like they were going nuts. Like one of my buddies was saying, he's like, I haven't felt this alive in years. He's like, back. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what I, I love seeing that. I love hearing those stories. And honestly, let's be real, though. Like, was did Mitch win the game or did the Lions blow the game? What do you think? Okay, so the Bears are 1-0 for the first time since 2013, Sammy. But you're exactly right. How different would this conversation be if not for Lions rookie running back DeAndre Swift holding on to what should have been a touchdown catch, a game-winning touchdown catch? And what would our conversation have been had the Lions hung on and won? It would have been, oh, well, Mitch's fourth quarter stats were great, but too little, too late. That wasn't the case. Mitch goes 8 of 10 in the fourth quarter, 89 yards in three touchdowns. You take that away in that first half, man, in the first three quarters. I don't know if you saw it on your social media feed, Sam. He was getting roasted. Oh, I know, man. I know. But, hey, it – Players make big plays in the fourth quarter, right? So, you know, that's all that matters. He got the dub. You know, you got to look positive at that, you know, especially if you're a Bears fan, you know. Mitch, Mitch just want to know. And Lions fans are used to it because they became just the fourth team since 2006 to blow a 17-point lead or more entering the fourth quarter. Teams in that span, Sam, had been 779 in three. So, <laughs> you could say that the Lions choked. You could say that the Bears came back. I tell you what, I like my Bears again this week against Saquon and the Giants. I like them to cover the five-and-a-half-point spread. Call me a homer or say I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I like the Bears this week. Hey, Mark, it's, it's officially the season where we see all, like, the insane reactions to, like, losing plays and, and whatnot. <laughs> like, there's so many videos going around. Um, I think I saw one of a uh, Lions fan just, like, they thought they caught the ball, but <laughs> and then, so they're going nuts. They're going nuts. And then someone's like, oh, no, he didn't catch it. He didn't catch it. And his face just dropped. Uh, I love seeing those. And Lions fans, man, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Hopefully you can get that turned around. But uh, we'll get into that game later when they're playing uh, Green Bay this week. But back to the game we're talking about. So Giants, Bears, Bears minus five and a half. I... I will, as much as I want to pick the Bears, I just – I can't. I just I, – I'm not there yet. I don't think Saquon is going to be held to only six yards. He was basically a non-factor in that game against Pittsburgh last week. And I think the Giants and Bears, there's really not much that's going to separate them. I think I'm going to air with and go with uh, the Giants to have a bounce-back game against the Bears this week. Like I said, I really want Mitch to be the guy to succeed, but – I wanted to prove, prove to me he can do it again before I pick them. Fair enough. And I think a key in this one, can the Bears get the ground game going like they could in week one, averaging more than five yards a carry with David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, and Cordero Patterson. 
And this was something, despite Mitch's troubles a season ago, the Bears could not run the ball, averaging only 3.7 yards per carry. That was 28th in the league out of 32 teams. I think the Steelers' defense is going to make a lot of teams look pedestrian. So Saquon Barkley with only six rushing yards in week one, that was tied for the second fewest yards by any player with at least 15 rushes in a game since the 1970 merger. It's also the second fewest rushing yards of Barkley's career. He will bounce back in week two, but certainly in the coming weeks, he's not going to be held to six yards rushing. Again, the Steelers defense is going to do that to a lot of teams. So Whichever team can control the ball and run the ball effectively, I think, wins in this one. Again, I like my hometown Bears. Call me a homer, but that's what we'll go with there. We'll move on, Sam, and we will go to another NFC North matchup between the Lions and the Packers. Packers at home, a five-and-a-half-point favorite over under at 47-and-a-half. Sam, the Aaron Rodgers comeback tour is here in 2020. He's motivated again. He's got Jordan Love, his his third stringer, I'm sure, pretty still. But he went off in week one. And Devontae Adams had a career day, career high, 14 receptions on 17 targets, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. I think the big thing for me with Green Bay is, obviously, you've got Aaron Jones in the backfield, Devontae Adams on the outside. You take away those two guys from a defensive standpoint for the Packers, who are the other guys that are going to emerge for Green Bay this season when you either stack the box against Jones or double-team Adams on the outside? Also, first-round pick Jeff Okuda for the Lions will play in Week 2. He did not play against the Bears in Week 1. But Aaron Rodgers is back, man. He's got the juice again. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we think we talked about this on last week's show. It's like you can't underestimate Rodgers or give him, like, any sort of chip on his shoulder because he's going to go out and prove that he's still one of the best in the league. You know, I, I think he uh, was able to hit Devonte Adams and make some really big plays. And like you said, if Devonte Adams were to go down, you know, if he's had injury problems in the past, will they be able to consistently get production out of those other two receivers in MBS and Lazard? I mean, that's just, these are all hypotheticals right now and they're healthy on offense. So I like the Packers to win this game and Rodgers to carry his momentum into week three after going 2-0. Sam, I'm stealing MVS. His name's so hard to say, and MVS, just <laughs> yeah. go with the acronyms. That's so much easier. So I'm stealing that, man. I'm stealing that. Mm-hmm. I like the Packers over Detroit, and Detroit starting out 0-2, that's like the kiss of death in terms of wanting to make the playoffs. We see year in and year out, the teams that start 0-2, tend to have a slim to none chance of actually making the postseason. That's going to be interesting this year with each conference getting one additional playoff team, if that holds true. But you start out 0-2, you're putting yourself in a pretty deep hole versus trying to rebound. So we'll see what happens here. The Lions season might be over before it even started after losing week one, hosting Chicago after that drop that DeAndre Swift had. It just goes to show you how big that drop really was. I sure hope not, because I actually really thought the Lions would be a sleeper team going into this year. I still think they can, but it just, you know, if they struggle out of the gate like this, it's going to be hard to turn it around. And, you know, I, I think uh, halfway through the season, we're going to be seeing, you know, what Matt Patricia is actually made of. You know, I think we'll get into later on in the show, we might talk the odds of who will be the first coach to get fired. But I think this is a huge, huge year for Patricia and the Lions. And, you know, not having Galladay week one hurt them a lot. 
But again, AP went, went off. Carry on Johnson, DeAndre Swift. We know they're talented. We know they have talent in offense. It's just like they stabbed them, they shot themselves in the foot in week one. And let's really see how they respond in, to this week. Adrian Peterson has found the fountain of youth, Sam. Whatever he's doing to make sure he's still productive in his mid-30s, which is like he's ancient for an NFL running back. It's like him and Frank Gore, whatever they're doing to do what they do, like I want in on whatever their secret is. Yeah, we need that diet or we need that training that they have, man. Jeez. I mean, they're making us – I mean, yeah, they look legit still. (laughs) we will uh keep it in the nfc north the vikings on the road against the colts the colts are a three-point favorite but philip rivers has really struggled against the vikings in his four career starts against the team he is one and three against the vikings has four passing touchdowns seven interceptions a QBR of 35.1, and against the Vikings, it's worst against any team since the metric was first tracked in 2006. I think the Vikings, a team that was in the playoffs a season ago, rebounds in week two. I not only like them to cover that three-point spread, I do like them to win outright on the road against the Colts. Mark, I think you know this is one of those most, the more intriguing matchups for me because I feel like we're still trying to figure out who these teams are. You know, the Vikings, a playoff team last year. The Colts had aspirations for the playoffs this year. New quarterback, new running back. I don't think the Colts were as bad as they looked last week. I really don't. And I think there's a lot of, you know, I think the Vikings defense regress will regress this year. Uh, there's a lot of youth on that, that defense. So, you know, I'm going to take the Colts minus three. You know, maybe I just like being different, but I'm not done with, Philip Rivers yet. Although, you know, just like last week, he's always down in the fourth quarter, threw a pick. <laughs> just like, <laughs> what else is new, man? Like, there's, there's, uh, yeah. I mean, there's just some normal normalcy to uh, 2020. I uh, talked to my guy, Ike Taylor, about this, and we both are huge Philip Rivers fans, a guy who is a great trash talker, too, and he does it clean as well, yeah. which kind of adds a little something-something to it. The guy's <laughs> had a great career, but at this point, it's just like I think his best days are behind him. We'll see there. We'll see there. <laughs> Sam, we'll keep, it in, we'll keep it in the NFC, and the Cowboys host the Falcons. The Cowboys are four-and-a-half-point favorite Sam, I really am not sure about this game, but one thing I am sure of, I'm not a fan of Zeke's new feed me tattoo on his stomach. No, I'm just kidding. It's just strange. Yeah, it's odd. I just picture him when he doesn't have that six-pack anymore, just going to look disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, dude. Uh, Yeah, that's... Not not attractive, I'd say. Like, what if you put, like, what's the equivalent on another part of your body? Putting, like, the tattooing the word strong on your bicep? Like, what? I, I just don't get it. I don't get it, man. I don't know, man. I really don't. I guess, I guess I'll take the Cowboys at home. It's a Cowboys team that needs to regroup after losing in week one to the Rams. Prescott was sacked three times in week one, hit seven times. And this is a Falcons defense that did get after the quarterback. They had three sacks and 10 quarterback hits from a defensive standpoint. But maybe it's just what I see on paper with Dallas, with Zeke, with Dak. I'm going to take the Cowboys at home against the Falcons. What about you, Sam? Yeah. You know, looking at this game, it's like 
these teams are kind of mere images of each other, right? Like, right? Just, they're me- like the just Falcons- mediocre. Just yeah. like mediocre. Yeah. And like the Falcons and the Cowboys, I mean, they both have three very, you know, three very good re- receivers and they have an awesome offense, but it just, they can never like put it all together. There's always so much expectations surrounding them. And it's like, uh, I don't know. I think I have to go with the Cowboys here, but it can go either way. I don't know. We don't know what the Falcons are quite yet. We don't know who the Cowboys are, you know, but I'll probably go with Cowboys as well. You want to know what too? I'd, I'll take the Cowboys, but I would also take the under in this one. 54 points is a lot. So I don't know. I, like th- that just seems like a high number to me. I, I would take the under as well. Just looking at that on paper, I, I would take the under here. I mean, I know both teams have potent offenses, but again, it seems like every time that that happens, it's just like the, the, the over under set way too high. I like the under in this one as well. Yeah. I, I kind of like the over. I mean, Dallas right, Cowboys right. are kind of heat up on offense right, or on defense right now. Van Der Esch and Sean Lee. I mean, Sean Lee's always hurt. But, you know, I, I'd, go the, I'd err on the over on this one. All right. All right. Let's move to your Tennessee Titans. A seven-and-a-half-point oh. favorite <laughs> against the Jacksonville Jaguars over under at 44. Sam, I like the Titans to win, but seven-and-a-half. That's just, it's too many points. And when you want to talk about Steven Goskowski and his kicking woes in week one. That was making me so frustrated. (laughs) Oh my God. It's as if they got like his doppelganger to kick for the Titans and they left the real Steven Goskowski in New England somewhere. Right. Well, hey, you came through when it when it mattered most. This is true. This is true. Although I was waiting for a text or an update on, uh, Tuesday morning saying like, oh, you know, they released him, but I guess they're giving him another chance. He's been doing it so well for New England over the years. So, you know, I guess give him another chance and see what it, what happens. I mean, their other option would be Tucker McCann, who we know from Mizzou. I don't know if that's a better option. Than so, yeah, you know, I like the Titans to win uh, seven point. Five is that's a lot considering they just lost AJ Brown for the week and potentially weeks, but you know, I'm going to go with my Titans. All right. All right. So, and Hey, no worries there. I'm going back to back weeks where I think the Jags cover the Jags did me a solid in week one. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to zag here. Gardner Minshew and the boys. We'll see what happens there. Again. I like the Titans to win this one. I'll, I'll, I'll say that, but I do like the Jags. Yeah, because Titans don't blow out teams. You know, they play the ground and pound where, you know, they control the, the clock and it's more p- possession type. They're not going to air it out and they're not going to blow teams away. So there's always going to be close games. But so I see that. But I'm just going to go Titans. Why not? All right. Bills Mafia on the road oh. down in Miami. Bills a five and a half point favorite and over under at 42. Sam, Josh Allen versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Fitz magic, the beard, the long lost soul. He seems to her, it's just like, I can't believe this guy's still in still the league. All around. I and remember his... with the Rams, dude. He was just like, was the same player back then that he is now. You bring him in and he's like, goes off for a few weeks. You're like, oh, we might've found our guy. We might've found our guy, you know? But sure enough, he like just stinks the bed for the next five games straight. But, but then he's still around where it, he gets another chance, and he just lights it up. Oh, man. Just the tail is all this time. 
He's done the same thing everywhere he's gone, and it's the Ryan Fitzpatrick cycle. He gets yep. released. Someone signs him as a backup. Starter gets hurt, so Fitzpatrick goes into the game. He plays really, really well, earns the starting spot, gets paid, doesn't play that well, and gets released again. And it's just like clockwork. It's just like clockwork. The analogy I would make with him is he's almost like a sixth man in basketball. So he can provide that spark for you off the bench. But boy, if he's a starter for you, you have a ceiling. You're limited in how you can be. That abracadabra magic only works for so long with him. Not saying he's not a bad option at quarterback, but you're probably not going to be a playoff team. Somehow you were good enough to sneak into the playoffs to have the parts around him. You're not going to win the Super Bowl with him as your quarterback. So the thing I have my eye on here too, Sam, is when Tua gets his first start in the 2020 season. And right now the odds makers are saying that it would happen before week eight. That is the slight favorite versus after week eight. So how much longer we will be graced with Fitz magic. We will see, but then Josh Allen, another young guy where with the bills, it's like, do we really want to wager on this guy to win the AFC East? Or if the bills get into the playoffs again, like they did a year ago, is this a guy you're really going to wager on? Is this a guy who you really inherently trust come the postseason? I like the Bills on the road in this game. I think from a talent standpoint, the Bills are the favorite to win the AFC East. But until they can knock off New England in that division, I still like New England. But just the way that the Bills are constructed as a team, run the ball, play sound defense, kind of a lot like your Titans, Sam. I like the Bills in this one on the road against the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, to your point, Josh Allen, he doesn't have to do too much because they have a very good defense. So that's their identity. It's play defense, put up enough points to win. And I think Josh Allen can do that. Problem is, we've seen in the past where he's kind of buckled on the pressure, like that playoff game last year where he – had a few costly turnovers that end up losing that game. They controlled a lot of that game, but they end up losing. And so I, I think that they're going to get back to the playoffs. But the thing is, now that there's only one bye, it's like they need to get at least one win to kind of get that like monkey off their back per se. Hmm. Um, and I, I, so I think they're going to be able to, you know, obviously I think they'll beat Miami this, uh, this week. And, you know, I think Josh Allen will, will carry them to the playoffs, but I'm just really interested to see, from there if he will be the guy we've seen him play well in the regular season but it's a different ball game in, in the postseason 100 percent. okay the 49ers a seven point favorite on the road against the new york football jets over under at 43 and a half i think the 49ers are going to come out firing in this one after losing in week one to the cardinals you know how everyone thinks that the Jags are just awful, Sam? That's how I am with the Jets. And the odds makers agree with me. The odds makers have Jets head coach Adam Gase as the favorite. You can get him at plus 300 as the first coach fired during the 2020 NFL regular season. I like the 49ers to cover in this one again. This was the team that was in the Super Bowl for the NFC a year ago. They're not going to come out firing on all cylinders against this Jets team that is just brutal. I, you, use whatever adjectives you want there, my that man. organization, 
I just blame the organization for even hiring Gates in the first place. Like he had had a disaster in Miami and you're going to bring him in as like your savior. Like, I don't understand when I still think Le'Veon is a very good football player, but they just don't give him the ball. You know, that's awesome. They bring in Frank Gore and he, like, you know, Gase is all talking about, oh, you know, Gore still got so much in the tank. And it's like, why are you talking about Gore when you have still, you know, a couple years ago, Le'Veon was the best, one of the best running backs in the league with Pittsburgh. Yep. So it's just like, dude, give it to him. He's your best player and build that offense around him. Uh, I mean, Gase needs to go. Um, He's the Jake Cutler whisperer. Trash. Trash. He's the Jake Cutler whisperer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And watch him go out and do really well this week. Right, right. The the Jets will probably cover and everyone's going to be wondering what happened to the 49ers this season starting out 0-2. So who knows? But it's almost a loser leaves town matchup. Jimmy G and Sam Darnold, Sam, both have made 27 career starts. Garoppolo is 21 and 6 in that span. Darnold, 11 and 16. Darnold and Baker Mayfield, they both came out of that 2018 NFL class. There's a lot at stake for both of those guys in year three Mm -hmm. in this league because most rookies have a four year deal and then that team option for the fifth year. The Jets really have to be asking themselves, is Darnold going to be the guy for us moving forward? And we'll see what happens in week two. But again, I I think we both like the 49ers in this one. We will go to Rams at Eagles. This is almost a pick The Rams are a one-point favorite on the road. The Eagles get back Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders this week. But I tell you what, Sam, the Eagles have to do a better job of keeping Carson Wentz on his feet. I know the Washington football team has a good line, but eight sacks given up, 14 quarterback hits, and Carson Wentz has struggled with injuries in the past. I, I really didn't know in this game. Uh, I, I could be swayed either way here. What do you think? Dude, you know my philosophy. I can't bet on the Rams. So <laughs> I, but I, can't, I don't really trust this Eagles team either. <laughs> so I don't know, dude. I think I'd have to go with, oh, dude. Even the over under forty five point five. Brutal. Um, that's tough. That's tough. I probably would just not bet on this one. Obviously, yeah, I, I think this is a home. stay away. Let's hey, let's both take yeah. the Eagles and say this is probably a stay away for both of us. But if we have to pick, we'll take the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll satisfy your request of uh, anything in opposition to the Cronky family, just considering everything that the organization and the team did. Hey, I mean, SoFi Stadium looks incredible, $5 billion, but I know how rabid that fan base was for you and your St. Louis folks, Sam. All right, Broncos at Steelers. Look, I know I host a Steelers podcast, Sam. Steelers a six-point favorite. Von Miller's out for the year for the Broncos. Cortland Sutton is questionable. Steelers defense that has been dominant. They held Saquon to six yards rushing. For Sunday's matchup, Broncos running back Philip Lindsay is questionable. And then Bradley Chubb on the Broncos defensive line, he's still working his way back from ACL surgery. Call me crazy. I like the Steelers to cover yet again and to start the season 2-0 and at home at Heinz Field. What do you think? Dude, I, I want to take the Broncos so bad. Like, I thought, you know... I loved watching Drew Locke play in week one. He's got that swag to him. 
he's you know he he put the ball in the in the right spots um and they had a chance to beat the titans right down to the last the last minute of that game but i mean looking at the steelers defense dude i just think it's going to be another tough test for drew and the boys especially not having Cortland sutton again and without philip Lindsay, who's that change of pace back dang i really want to take the broncos but i'm going to go steelers minus six Sam, let's backtrack here for a second. For that Titans-Broncos game in week one, I saw on Instagram, you had quite the food spread. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we got a little group of friends here in St. Louis that were diehard Rams fans, but we decided that we were going to be Titans fans. Each person kind of came to their own conclusion themselves and discovered that we all have this mutual interest now with the Titans. So, yeah, man, we had everything. We had... Uh, I made some spinach artichoke dip. Um, one of our good friends, she kind of runs an Instagram food account. So she made some sort of a buffalo chicken pastry type deal. Uh, and then some really good spicy bacon. So we had all the works going on and it was a good time. It looked incredible. It looked, I can't believe you guys stayed up that late. And I know you're on central time, but by the time that game started, because that was the second of the doubleheader that the NFL always does for opening weekend on Monday night. But, yeah. man, I, you, you stayed up, and I, I saw you. You watched till the very end, too. So tough, true fandom, man. True fandom right there. Tuesday was a, was a long day in the office, but, hey, uh, it was worth it. Dreaming of that buffalo chicken dip, no doubt. The Steelers, I like them. And Big Ben's coming back. This is a team, again, I will harp on this point over and over and over again. With Big Ben coming back, some of the upgrades that this team made on offense, Steelers were a team that went 500 a season ago despite not scoring more than 27 points in a single game last year. Big Ben is going to help with that, help this offense. And what seems to be a defense that was dominant last season. They seem to be on the right track in week one. I like Pittsburgh. Okay. Panthers at Buccaneers. Buccaneers, a seven and a half point favorite. Sam also two Oh and one teams trying to get a win. I like the bucks to cover in this one, but looks like Chris Godwin's going to be out. He is not out of concussion protocol, but again, Whichever team starts out 0-2, it's pretty much a loser-leaves-town matchup. Not that each week doesn't matter, but it's really a must-win game for both of these teams. Mark, I saw on, uh, on Facebook today that Tom Brady was getting a lot of heat from his fans. And you know what? He responded to them, basically saying, like, he'll be fine. You know, we'll, we'll be good. We'll be good. You know, I got to trust Tom Brady. He's not going to go... 0-2. Like, he knows what's at stake. He'll find a way to win this game, and they'll probably look pretty good doing it, too. Okay, so we both like the Bucks, and this is coming after all three of us across the board, me, you, and James last week, like the Saints and like the Saints to cover last week, but we'll see if the Bucks can rebound in week two. Sam, the Chiefs at the Chargers. Chiefs an eight-and-a-half point favorite, and look like to me, I look at the Chiefs, and if they're clearly better than whoever they're playing, like I feel like there are only a few teams that can even match the Chiefs from just a pure talent standpoint on paper. I'm like, eight and a half points? Yeah, sure, against the Chargers? Great. Like, Nothing. Unless we're talking about like 
the Ravens or the Titans or say the Seattle Seahawks, unless we're talking about the cream of the crop in this league, like no point spread is too small for me with this Chiefs team and how potent they are. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus eight and a half here on the road. I mean, plus, did you see that Chargers offense last week? <laughs> I mean, Tyrod, man, like, I think he's a good leader. I like him as a player. But he's, you're not going out there with Tyrod Taylor thinking you're going to put up, you know, a lot of points against the Chiefs. I mean, it's a similar situation with Fitzpatrick. That, you know, Tyrod, he just, he just is what he is, you know, and it's, he's a good player. He's a good backup, but he's not going to be a game changing dynamic player that wins you game by himself. That Chiefs offense we saw in week one can literally score on every single time they touch the ball. So give me the Chiefs all day. The only team stopping the Chiefs this season are the Chiefs themselves or if this team faces injuries at some point. And I even hate speaking that into existence because they're so fun to watch. They're so fun to watch. It's an absolute treat to watch them take the field. Okay, Ravens at Texans. Ravens, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Am I crazy to think that the Texans could pull off the upset in this one, Sam? Talk me out of this. You're crazy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So week one, the score did not even look – it looked way better than what it actually was. I mean, a lot of those points came in garbage time. Who do you trust on that offense for the Texans? I mean, Deshaun, but Deshaun can't throw to himself. The only exactly. person who can throw to himself would be like a cartoon character. Right, right, yeah. I mean, they have the over-under 52-and-a-half. If it's anything like last week, it's going to be all Ravens and then Texas garbage time scores, so – so you know. think that, okay, so the possibility of not that the Texans would win, but maybe a backdoor cover is what you're saying to be wary of there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'll take the Ravens. I'll take the Ravens. I, I needed you to talk me out of that. It's easy to pile on Bill O'Brien. Like, trust me, everyone's done it. But I'm just like, this was a playoff team a year ago that, hey, they were up 24 to nothing against the Chiefs in the playoffs. That kind of goes back to my point about the Chiefs and how I like the Chiefs to cover regardless of what the spread is. But look, it's not as if this team is complete and utter trash. Again, they were in the postseason a year ago, but I'll take the Ravens minus six and a half. But hey, again, be wary of that backdoor cover, Sam. I think that's a great point in terms of garbage time. All right, Sam, the Washington football team on the road. We called it last week. (laughs) You and James called it. And uh, they – the WFT pulled it off. <laughs> I don't know what they even say. Like, I had a feeling it'd be close. I don't know if it's more of a testament of, like, just the Eagles playing very poorly or, you know, the, the Washington football team, you know, coming out hot and having, you know, week one, like, upset type matchup. But this is going to be a very interesting game. Cardinals were, like, a lot of people's darlings. And they're the, expected to uh, – the, the spread's at minus seven. I think I'm going to have to go Cardinals, though, because that offense looked really well last year. And Kyler Murray, I mean, against the strong defense against the 49ers, looked pretty good. I mean, he looked like he was every bit of a franchise quarterback and kind of like the next Lamar, you know, very shifty and was able to put the ball in places that he's expected to. So I'm going to have to go with the Cardinals. 
I'll uh, steal James's line of Lamar Light. I like the Cardinals as well on this one. For me, yeah. I need more than a one-game sample size with the Washington football team. Sam, if before the start of the season, I would have told you, outside of the teams that I watch week in and week out and that I root for, that I would be most excited to watch Washington at Arizona. Right. It would have been like, okay, uh, are you going to the game? Do you have tickets? Or right. are those the teams that you root for? Or, Mark, what are you drinking? Like, right. what, you know, like, this is the matchup that we're most excited for. But, like, I'm actually – I can't wait to watch what happens because there are two teams that are 1-0 that we did not expect to be. I think this is one of the best week two matchups. Again, I want to see the Washington football team do it again before I'm willing to say, okay, they're either going to cover or win outright, especially in what was a very weak NFC East a season ago. I like the Cardinals for a lot of the same reasons that you outlined as well. I like them to cover that seven points. Yeah. And kind of going off that, you know, I heard a story about this past week. We know that Riverboat Ron, He's going through um, some treatment with cancer. So he was in the locker room at halftime getting treated too. And uh, lo and behold, Dwayne Haskins comes up and, and gives the halftime speech, firing up the guys, and they all kind of rallied around that. And uh, I just love those stories. And, you know, you, you need a leader like that on, in the locker room. And um, I think maybe – are we sleeping on Dwayne Haskins? I don't know. I mean – We'll see. He looked good in week one. I'm really anxious to see how he looks in week two. I love it. I love it. It's, I've got goosebumps right now just talking <laughs> about that. And for a franchise that's been down and out for so long, we'll see. Again, this is one of the matchups in week two. I cannot wait to watch this. And again, if you'd have told me that at the start of the season, I, I would have looked at you kind of funny. Patriots at Seahawks. Seahawks a four-point favorite at home. Sam, the big thing I have, the Patriots are still effectively renting Cam Newton for this season. Are they going to continue to use him like a battering ram? And when are the Seahawks going to let Russ cook? And I'll say this, the way Russell Wilson played in week one, we didn't hear about it at all, but it's almost as if excellence is expected from him as a quarterback. I like the Seahawks at home. I think they're just a lot more talented than this Patriots team. What say you? Oh, give me the Seahawks. I mean, if the way Russ played in week one, if he plays like that every week, I mean, there's not a team that can beat them, in my opinion. I mean, maybe you got like the upper echelon, like Chiefs and the Ravens that can, but right now I don't think the, the Patriots are an upper echelon team. Yeah. They beat the Miami dolphins, big whoop week one cam is there, you know, had a great game, but again, let's see if he can continue to do that on a consistent basis. And he gets a huge test in week two. And I think this is going to be a phenomenal game. Give me the Seahawks. And from the Patriots standpoint, they've got undrafted rookie corner, Miles Bryant simulating what Russell Wilson can do and practice and all this other stuff. And I know it's going to be okay. Who has the better season? Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, but I think Seattle's just much better. So we both like the Seahawks in that one. Sam, Monday night football. Saints five and a half point favorite on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. 
to me, give me the Saints all oh. day in this one. But 100%. I can't wait to see Monday Night Football profile John Gruden, who used to be an announcer on Monday Night Football. I can't wait to see how they go about doing that. And the first game in Vegas. So I am very excited to see what that stadium looks like. I mean, it's going to be sick. How climactic is that, though? Because you don't have fans, and then you had SoFi Stadium out in L.A. a week ago. So, gosh, I mean, under normal circumstances, everyone would be so hyped. The stands would be packed, sold out and everything. And uh, you just have kind of a, uh, an empty stadium given the circumstances with the pandemic. Yeah, you know. I'm just happy there's football that, that is back. You're right. You're so. right. Okay. That's all of the matchups this week. James West will be back next week. But, Sam, before I let you go, Sam's Soccer Corner. I don't know. We're, we need a name for this. So, any listeners out there, if you have a name, let us know. But your practices got underway this week. You're a coach of a, of a youth soccer team. Yep, I am. Um, this is the fourth year I'm doing it. Started with the boys back in second grade and uh, bringing them, trying to get them better and better each year, and now they're in fifth grade. So, um, there was, however, this year there was tryouts for the uh, A team and the B team, and naturally I got to be head coach of the B team. So, <laughs> um, class, like it's all those kids that you, you know, kind of expect that don't really care too much, but, you know, I'm trying to like, get them to enjoy the game and whatnot. So, Let's just say practice was chaos. Um, you know, we got a lot of work cut out for us, but um, I'll, uh, I'll check back in with you guys, uh, you know, next week when our first game is in, not this weekend, but two weeks from now. So, yeah. Still got a lot of time to prepare. Got some time prepare. To prepare. I'm excited to hear your stories, not just about the on-field play, but like the crazy parents and usually the crazy parents from someone from an opposing team as well, or something crazy that happens in the match. Like the classic, especially with the kid is a kid goes down and you're like, Oh man, is he hurt? Is he hurt? And it's like, no, he's just trying to sell the call. He's learning the gamesmanship, the finer aspects of the game, Sam. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I don't have any off the top of my head right now. Um, but there, that happens on a weekly basis. So in the coming weeks, I have a feeling that, you might be in the middle of you might be in the middle of all of the chaos right from the frying pan right into the fire with your season right around the corner, Sam. Right, right. You know, I you just try to make sure the boys are fired up and ready to play each uh, Saturday uh, morning. So that's my job, and we'll uh, continue to to keep getting better and better as the year is out. All right. Any final thoughts, Sam, before we sign off here? You know, going along with that soccer line, MLS to the Lou um, was a big success. They broke the record for most deposits down for season tickets in MLS history. I think they put down 30,000 deposits for season tickets in less than 15 minutes. And you were one of them. I was one of them. Okay. I am well on my way to becoming a city founder. So, What does that entail exactly? It just means that you're one of the first people to get um, season tickets to the you know, team. But there's all right, all right. like three, it's like three years from now. So if your soccer, if your youth soccer endeavors go well enough, maybe you can pony up the coin and get some equity into that MLS St. Louis soccer team. So That's my goal. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right, Sam, this has been a blast. For Sam Renshin, I'm Mark Berg, and thank you for listening to Stuck in Misery. Please go rate, review, and subscribe. Give us a five-star review. We will read the best five-star reviews here on the pod. Take care. So long, everyone. Enjoy the week two action. Thank you.